Praise God, you guys. Uh, we did a live show on Halloween uh, a few days ago, last week. Uh, I said I'd be returning to that subject for, I mean, it just so happens that it falls on, it doesn't usually fall on Sunday, right, the Lord's Day? So I thought, yeah, I, you know, I'm going to do a message on that just so we understand what the Bible says. So we look at a lot of scripture, actually. So that's how we will springboard into the Word of God and see what the, the Lord's Word says. But I think it's imperative that we understand that we're commanded in Scripture to have no partnership or participation or fellowship with the works of darkness. Amen? That's very, very clear. In fact, in Ephesians 5.11, Paul says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful or the fruitless works of darkness, but rather, what? Expose them. So we're not only supposed to avoid them, but we're supposed to expose them. Why would they need to be exposed? Well, because many Christians are unaware that they are partaking in darkness and those things need to be exposed. Just as many millions of people have, are clueless that they have a cancerous growth in their body and an MRI could give them a lot of insight to deal with it before it's too late, uh, hopefully, you know. Well, the, the body of Christ or the professing body of Christ has a lot of cancers, man, that need to be dealt with. And uh, when we read in Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them. Paul had just gone through several works of darkness where he said, if you practice these things, you know, you will not, you have no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ. He says, let no one deceive you with vain words. And he says, don't be partakers with the children of disobedience. And he talks about the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. And he says, but you are light, light in the Lord. And he says, therefore walk as children of the light. And he says, to seek to do that which is pleasing to the Lord, chapter 5, verse 10. I love that. I've been kind of hung up on that verse recently because, and I look at that verse once in a while, I love that verse because as, I love like, I always share with you the verse, hallowed be thy name, right? In the, Lord's, in the prayer the Lord gave his disciples, hallowed be thy name, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And that, we just gloss over that sometimes as believers. I remember when I was a brand new Christian, I'd pray that prayer, I had clueless what that meant. You know, as I began to seek the Lord and want to understand his teaching, I was like, wow, that means to make holy. I'm supposed to make his name holy. His name is already holy, but I'm supposed to make people aware of his name. Amen. And publish his name and, and shine his name and show who our father is. And we come to know the father through, you know, uh, his word. Obviously, uh, his attributes are reflected in all of creation all around us and uh, through Christ. So my emphasis was in my life became to just revolve my life around Jesus. My whole life should be to, to declare the glory of God, amen? We were created to declare God's glory, to reflect our Lord, amen? Now, I like uh, to, that we're supposed to try to do that which is pleasing to the Lord, Ephesians 5.10, because it reminds me of that whole concept about just glorifying God. We're not supposed to wake up in the morning and say, what's gonna, what can I do to please me? It's all about me. In fact, we got to get our eyes off ourselves. The Bible says don't just look at your own interest. I mean, you do have your own interest, but look at the interests of others. But the main interest in other, of others we're supposed to look at, or the other that we're supposed to look at, is the Lord God himself, amen? The one who, our creator who made us, amen? So we look to him, and uh, we glorify him, and we seek to do that which is pleasing to him. So we don't just look at a holiday that just, the Bible says not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed right? By the renewing of your minds, to be separate, saith the Lord. All these verses. So we don't just put our finger there and say, what's the world doing? I'm going to do it. I guess it's acceptable. Does the world set our standards or should it set our standards? The Bible says, love not the world or the things that are in the world for all that is of the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. And the world's passed away and the lust thereof. Okay? But he that does the will of God abides forever. So I want to do the will of the Lord. Because right after verse 10, when it says to seek to do that which is pleasing to the Lord, he goes on to say, that's why he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, having fellowship with darkness does not please the Lord, but rather expose them. That pleases the Lord because that sets people free. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, as the light of the world, we are to be mighty warriors for the Lord in these last days, and we're to shine the light and set people free from darkness through Christ's light. Amen? Amen. And then the verses go on to talk about, let the light of Christ shine on you, O sleeper. So we don't just shout at the darkness, we what? The best way to deal with the darkness is to what? If you're coming to a really dark room and you can't see and there's things going on, and you turn the lights on, amen? We turn to Jesus, right? It goes on to say, wake, O sleeper, let the light of Christ shine on you. So we point to Jesus. 
The word, the reading of God's word, the Bible says his word, through his word there's the entrance of light. His word is the lamp to our feet, the light to our path. So we get in the word. So we, a lot of the world sees a lot of things wrong. They don't know how to deal with it. But we know how to deal with it. We turn the lights on, amen? We turn to Jesus and expose it for what it is. And that's important. So first of all, you want to not make sure you're not participating in it. And then at the same time, I know a lot of professing Christians celebrate Halloween. And they just don't realize how dark it is often. So this is not to condemn anyone. This is to go through the scripture and make you aware of this holiday and to evaluate whether you ought to be practicing it or not, whether you should be celebrating it or not. And as a fellowship, you know, as a pastor who loves his, his flock and loves the body of Christ, the flock of the Lord around the world, as many of you do as believers, I care about pleasing God not only for myself, but for my brothers and sisters in Christ, for my wife, my children, my grandchildren, you know, for all my brothers and sisters. I'm jealous for God's glory, and I want him to be praised, and I want to see the enemy who hates the Lord Jesus Christ and hates God receive glory today. And I want to make sure that you understand that he loves you, and he, by participating in the evil, you compromise your walk with God. You grieve the Holy Spirit of God, and you glorify the enemy and bring a, metaphorically speaking, a smile to his face. So uh, looking at the origin of Halloween, the origins are quite revealing. And there'll be things in this message that we didn't cover if you listen to the podcast. There'll be things in the podcast that I'm not going to cover here. So, but I do want to go quote some uh, encyclopedias, uh, a secular prominent encyclopedias like Encyclopedia Britannica and and first, I'm going to quote Funk and Wagnall's new encyclopedia, 29 uh, copies, uh, or 29, I should say, books or volumes. And um, under the entry Halloween, it says Halloween. And by the way, the name of this message is Halloween or Hallow Jesus. Amen. amen. Hallow means to make holy. Amen. There's nothing holy about October 31st when you celebrate Halloween. Even the way the Catholics have tried to mix their idea of the dead and purgatory and releasing souls from purgatory, that has pagan roots as well, okay? We're all about hallowing Jesus and giving him glory. So, uh, on the origins of Halloween, under the entry Halloween in Funk and Wagnall's new encyclopedia, we read Halloween, name applied to the evening of October 31st. The observances connected with Halloween are thought to have originated among the ancient Druids who believed that on that evening, Sawin, the Lord of the Dead. So when, in an article that we have online, I've, I've got a couple articles up there uh, for you that have, that have been up for some time, actually. Uh, we point out that Sawin uh, is the name of the holiday. And you might be reading it as S-A-M-A-N or what have you. Uh, that, that's not pronounced, you know, you might pronounce it Samen or something like that, but it's pronounced Sawin like cow in, Samhain, and, uh, but Lord of the Dead, the Encyclopedia here calls it, Encyclopedia Britannica has called Samhain the Lord of the Dead too. We don't know definitively from any text of that time that they are actually worshiping an entity called Samhain for sure. You know, it's possible, but we do know the day was called Samhain in which they were worshiping death, the Lord of death and, and the spirit entities. And we know who the Lord of death is, right? So uh, it says, the article goes on to say, uh, the Druids, who believed that on that evening, Samhain, the Lord of the Dead, called forth a host of spirits. The Druids, or a host of evil spirits, the encyclopedia says. The Druids customarily lit great fires on Halloween, apparently for the purpose of warding off all these spirits. Among the ancient Celts, Halloween was the last evening of the year and was regarded as a propitious time for examining portents of the future. It was all about omens. It's about the occult. It was trying to tell the future from occult means with the aid of spirits and what have you. So it was an occult holiday, okay? The Celts are believed to, uh, that the Celts believe that the spirits of the dead revisited their earthly homes on that evening. The concept of ghosts and witches is still common to all Halloween observances. In other words, it's a pagan occult holiday from way back that's still being celebrated today. Should we be celebrating this as Christians? Come on now. Uh, the 13th edition of the Encyclopedia Britannica says this, quote, the two chief characteristics of ancient Halloween were the lighting of bonfires and the belief that uh, on, the night of the, on this night of the year that it was the time that ghosts and witches are most likely to wander abroad. 
That's because they believed at the end of the year, which for them was October 31st going into November 1st, is that the spiritual realm became the very thinnest, the, 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 the barrier between the natural, physical world, the material world, and the spiritual realm was at its thinnest, and many spirits were allowed to come into this world and wreak havoc and do all sorts of things. Now, the first of November, the Druids held their great autumn festival and lighted fires in honor of the sun god in thanksgiving for the harvest. Do we honor the sun god? It's what Halloween was about. Further, it was a Druidic belief that on the eve of this festival, Samhain, Lord of Death, so they also call him Lord of Death in the 13th edition of the encyclopedia, called together the wicked souls that within the past 12 months had been condemned to inhabit the bodies of animals. Thus, it is clear that the main celebrations of Halloween was purely Druidical. Okay? And this is, and, and it goes on to say, and this is further proved by the fact that in parts of Ireland, the 31st of October was, and even still is, known as the Vigil of Samhain. Now, what's interesting, uh, sometimes people get into their heritage and so forth, and, and uh, uh, you know, and they, they, they like, they like, try to reminisce or glamorize or glorify the gods of their pagan ancestors, which were, the Bible says are demon gods. And sometimes when you go to a foreign land, it can offend people, that, but you can let them know, hey, my ancestors worshiped false gods, okay? I'm part Irish from Cody, which actually is uh, Viking. Cody's went into Ireland, but that became a big part. They became part of Ireland. And that's, I have Irish heritage, but you know, I care less about Irish false gods, Okay, I have Germanic heritage. I have, you know, gods like Thor and stuff are in my past and many of your past. Or if you're in Europe, those are probably some of your gods or the gods of your ancestors. When we came to the Americas, right, guess what? There were a lot of demon gods being worshipped, right? You go to the Asia and the Far East, there's a lot of demon gods that have been worshipped through the centuries. It's all over the place. The world was rife with idolatry and the worship of demonic entities. We don't want to glamorize Druids and Celts and all that stuff. Amen. You don't want to glamorize these types of things. So it's interesting that we read these things. And uh, now, in Hebrews chapter 2, you don't have to go there, but verses 14 and 15, and, and I'll, I'll probably quote that verse a little bit later, but it talks about Jesus gave us victory over Satan, who had the power over death. Because through sin... And us subjecting ourselves to his power through rebellion to God, we ended up under Satan's power. And the greatest enemy, the Bible says, is death. It's not a good thing. And we're under Satan's power. But in 1 John chapter 3, it says that the Son of God was manifested for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Amen? So Jesus sets us free. But it says in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, that Jesus set believers, us, free because he tasted death for everyone, it says in the same chapter, but in 14 and 15, for the one who had power over the death. It says, for fear of the one that had power over death. So the nations, right, the world, they were worshiping demon gods, and they understood they had, that de these demons had power, and they appeased them by giving them sacrifices. The Druids actually practiced human sacrifice to appease the spirits. So they could be free from the fear of death, but they constantly had the fear of death over them. We follow Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, 17 and 18, man. When he died on the cross, it is finished. He conquered death, the scriptures say. And when he rose from the dead, and then later he appeared to John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. John fell down as a dead man because his face shined like the sun in noonday. And Jesus put his right hand on him and said, Fear not, I am he that liveth and was dead. And I'm alive forevermore. I'm the first and the last. And behold, I have the keys of Hades and death. Amen? Amen? Jesus is ultimately the one who is Lord over death now. Amen? Amen? We don't fear demons. We love and we fear the Lord. Amen? So uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica under the, their entry, Halloween, listen to this. In ancient Britain and Ireland, the Celtic festival of Samhain was observed on October 31st at the end of the summer. The souls of the dead were supposed to revisit their homes of, on this very day, and the autumn festival acquired sinister significance. 
Catch that? Sinister significance with ghosts, witches, goblins, black cats, fairies, and demons of all kinds said to be roaming about. It was the time to placate the supernatural powers controlling the process of nature. You see what they're doing? They're placating them, uh, these, these demons. In addition, Halloween, listen to this. In addition, Encyclopedia Britannica says, Halloween was, was thought to be the most favorable time for divinations. Reading omens, you know, palm reading, tarot cards, stuff like that. Halloween was thought to be the most favorable time for divinations concerning marriage, luck, health, and death. It was the only day on which the help of the devil was invoked for such purposes. That's Encyclopedia Britannica, 2005 entry on Halloween. Come on, guys. This is secular encyclopedias I'm quoting. Are you with me today? I do not want to celebrate a holiday that focuses on the devil and his works. Well, what if I don't focus on the devils and I just focus on the demons? No. Well, what if I don't focus on the demons but just the fairies? Or, or just, and on a, it's still all part of a holiday that's origins are absolutely satanic. And it's a holiday that's still going on to this day. It's not like an ancient holiday that's not celebrated anymore. It's been celebrated for thousands of years. Today in Ireland, it's, a, it's not a national holiday here. It's a holiday. But in Ireland, it's a national holiday where they have fireworks displays and, and, and so forth. And children are, you know, get a whole week off for school, believe it or not. And by the way, Halloween, have you noticed, is becoming more and more popular in our country and Christmas is being more and more diminished. That's not by accident. According to, uh, well, it's an occult holiday. It's important that we understand it as an occult holiday to this day. Now, of course, uh, the Druids, they ruled Northern Ireland, man, as priests of the occult sorcerers ruthlessly using human sacrifices and telling people how they were to you know behave in with the the demonic realm or this demonic spiritual realm and it's interesting rowan moonstone a practicing self-confessed witch says of halloween and he's answering the question and i was checking his deal out on the net because he's a witch and he's talking about halloween and he answers a question on his website does anyone today celebrate Samhain as a religious observance he says yes many followers of various pagan religions such as druids and wiccans observe this holiday as a religious festival they view it as a memorial day for the dead their dead friends similar to the national holiday of memorial day in may it is still a night of practice in various forms of divination concerning future events a witch who writes articles for homeschoolers that are also witches. On her website, in one article, she says, on this night, the veil between our world and the spirit world is negligible, and the dead may return to walk amongst us. By the way, do the dead walk amongst us? No. The Bible says for the non-believer, just read Luke 16, what happened to that non-believer, the rich man, when he died. He, he went to Hades, and he couldn't get out. What happens to believers? The Bible says be absent from the body is be what? present with the Lord, man. We go to be with the Lord when we die. Now there's spirits. Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light, right? So you have that going on. You have uh, demon spirits who come as familiar spirits, trying to be your unc John, Uncle John or whatever, just to get, let your guard down so you open yourself up to the spirit world and to take your eyes off of Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. The Bible says only one mediator between God and man. The man Christ Jesus. Amen. Uh, John 14, 6. 1 Timothy uh, 2, 5. Amen. Jesus said, I'm the door. John 10, verse 1 and verse 9. If someone goes some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. The Bible says there's salvation found in no one else but in the name of Jesus. Acts 4, 12. How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? We're told in Hebrews chapter 10. If we reject Jesus, Hebrews, that's Hebrews chapter 2 actually, uh, verses 1 through 4. Hebrews 10 says uh, there's no more sacrifice for our sins, right? If we reject Jesus, we have no more sacrifice for our sins. We're doomed. Amen. So, the Bible says he, in 1 John 5, 12 and 13, he who has a son has a life. He who does not have a son does not have a life. And these things are written, verse 13, that you may know that you have eternal life. You need to make sure you have the son. Amen? And if you have the son, you're going to be loving him, worshiping him, following him, growing in him. Now, it's interesting. 
This same witch in another article on Halloween for homeschooling children advises that the parents use these kinds of methods, the methods of intercommunication with divination tools, tarot, meaning tarot cards. Crowley had his own tarot cards that are very popular in the world. Palmistry, reading palms, astrology, because it's all about telling the future. Halloween is well, well, right. Skeletons and the skeletal system, organs, anatomy, the spirit world, you know. Sharon Graham, who fancies herself a high priestess in, of, of witches in Salem, uh, and was also, I mentioned this gal in another thing, which I'm not going to get into, uh, uh, expose a while back, where she actually was being reported, they thought, and I don't know if it was ever proven, that she was leaving like dead or raccoons and stuff on people's porches. I don't know how true that was. This was just articles in the newspapers in Salem area. Uh, she says, Salem is a Mecca there in Massachusetts, is a Mecca, especially around Samhain. It is our holiday, our new year, and a lot of witches come here from all over the world. Wiccan high priestess, Dorian, uh, Doreen Valiente. Now, Doreen Valiente was one of the formulators of what's called Wicca today, okay? And a lot of Wiccans, they think they're practicing white magic and white ceremonial magic, clueless to what the origins of Wicca are. Oh, Wicca goes back thousands of years. no. Well, occult practice and contacting demons and stuff, yeah, that goes back thousands of years. But the formulation of Wicca as they talk about, well, our fellow Wiccan sisters, well, you didn't have Wiccan sisters. Wicca was a new formulation of, of witchcraft done by Gerald Gardner. You can, if you just typed up, if you typed up Wicca just on, uh, on secular, you know, uh, Wikipedia, you'll find Gerald Gardner is the one who started Wicca. Gerald Gardner was a member of Aleister Crowley's OTO. He was consulted with Crowley. He used a bunch of his rituals that he brought over into Wicca. So Crowley's thing was, do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Guess what? Wicca uses, that's the Wiccan read is, do what thou wilt, but harm ye none. It's a kinder, gentler form of Crowleyism, okay? And the guy was a sexual pervert and so forth. So Wicca, uh, Wiccan high priestess, Doreen Valiente, she added to Gerald Garter's teachings in Wicca, and uh, she says of Halloween, Halloween is one of our four great Sabbaths, Sabbats, of the witches. Uh, she says, or two witches, Halloween is a serious occasion. However, merrily celebrated, it is the old Celtic Eve of Samhain, Okay. Now, by the way, I reported some time ago that Wicca, this is, this is MTV News. Wicca is one of the fastest growing religions in the United States. Yeah. Have you seen all the TV shows and movies that glorify witchcraft for kids? And these kids, by the millions and millions, are watching these things, and it's being put in their heads. And Satan uses, I mean, commercials, any secular world, Christians, the enemy uses commercials and they're powerful. How about when you get somebody in a full-blown sitcom, you know, a bunch of programs, programs, programming kids by the millions with glorifying witchcraft, the powers they can have. People want power. And all of a sudden, these little girls, young girls are growing up and they get power you know, and I, before I became a Christian, I opened myself up to the occult powers. And I was just looking at books in the power subconscious mind, laying around my house and started doing some of the meditation. And man, I opened myself with demonic powers like really quick. How much faster do you think it works? And I did have, get into some occult practices, not really knowing what I was doing. But how much faster you open up to the demonic world when you start doing witch spells and things like that? You just might as well, you know, you're just saying, come get me, Satan. Come get me, demons. And they just are unaware of what they're doing. And we need to make them aware of that. That's why the Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Let the light of Christ shine on you, O sleeper. It's not just for Christians to warn Christians, but to let the lost know you need Jesus. That word expose there is the same Greek word used in John chapter 16, verses 8 through 11, when Jesus says the Holy Spirit will come and he will Convict, same Greek word. Expose means the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Well, how does he do that? We're the light of the world, amen? Through Christians who are bold enough to speak the truth in the midst of a sea of lies. Amen? But we need to have boldness. You live once, man. Your life's short. Make it count for Jesus, amen? Stand up for the truth. MTV also admitted the following, quote, a surprising number of young witches MTV spoke with also said, Surprising number, they said. Said they became curious about their faith through misguiding. I thought it's interesting. They call it misguiding. 
pop culture fair, like uh, 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 the Craft, Harry Potter series. And then they say, guess a few conservative Christian groups were right about that one. Yeah, we were. I was exposing that a long time ago. We have a whole video on Harry Potter. I said, look, the woman who wrote, J.K. Rowling, wrote the Harry Potter series, said that it was like a bunch of characters strolled into her mind when she was on a, on a train, you know, and she was practically homeless, and, and she just like taking these notes, you know. And then she says when she'd write the Harry Potter books, it was, sometimes it was like just automatic dictation coming to her, and she was recording what they were saying. These entities, okay? The, the Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, that the Holy Spirit speaks explicitly that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And what happens for millions, even in pro, probably millions of professing Christian households, kids are reading this stuff and they're getting a little more, they're getting not a little bit, a lot more excited about Harry Potter than Jesus, okay? They're not like, oh, when can I read my Bible next? It's like, when's the next Harry Potter book coming out? When's the movie coming out? By the millions and millions and millions, brothers and sisters, you know, you could throw a rock at me. I love you. I've tried to dodge it, you know. But I have to speak the truth because I care about you. The Lord cares about us. He wants us to know these things and be aware of these things. And it's funny because some Christians, I'm sure, thought, oh, Pastor Joe is a little fanatical, you know. It's just witchcraft. It's not. It's, it's, it's just, I mean, it's just pretend witchcraft. Do you know witchcraft is on the same vice list as homosexuality? If your kids were pretending to be homosexuals or reading books about pretend orgies, and it's just fantasy orgies. They're not really happening. Is that okay with God? No. no. So why is the same, why is witchcraft and the occult, the occult sorcery, which are called an abomination, why is it okay to pretend with that stuff? No, it's an abomination of God's heart. So you need to understand the spiritual dynamic here. Physical sexual perversion, adultery, fornication, these kinds of things, homosexuality, we recognize, we get it uh, ourselves, you know. Your average person is like, oh, that's wrong, you know. But guess what? When it comes to sorcery, that's spiritual adultery. Do you understand that? That's being unfaithful to the Lord spiritually. And it's reprehensible to him. In fact, God, the Father, is spirit. And Jesus says, spirit hath not flesh and bones like you see me have because he was a resurrected son. So the Father was not in a relationship physically, right? Do you understand that? So with us, physically, we can go, Ugh, with adultery and fornication and, and, and homosexuality and say, oh, that's wrong. You know, it's unnatural. It's not what God created. It's not what he created for the family. But you know, God does that with sorcery because he's a spirit. Are you, you understanding what I'm saying here? It's a little profound, but we can get our brains around it because it's called spiritual adultery in the Bible. In James 4.4, 4, the Lord says, you adulteresses, Know you not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever makes himself a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So even, be, even putting the world's ways and saying I'm woke and becoming a friend of the world, a false awakening, by the way. Awake, oh sleeper. God's the one who said wake up a long time ago. The, the, the liberals, like they steal the rainbow and everything else, they steal things from God. Okay, we're the true woke ones. Okay, but being woke is actually adopting the world's, in this, in this world that we live in now, is adopting their ways. Okay, now, it's interesting. Guess a few conservative Christian groups were right about that one. Right about what? When we were saying, I was warning for years. You go back and look at my tapes when these, these things were just coming out. This is going to influence kids. Oh, yeah. How could it not? How do they spend millions and millions of dollars on commercials and influence people to buy things, but you think you're not going to have stars that the kids practically worship and they get all enamored with in their favorite TV shows promoting witchcraft, that that's not going to affect them? We've got to pull our heads out of the sand. And you have to be careful as parents what you let your children watch, what you let them listen to. You need to be a, a, a godly parent that cares about that. You can't just put them alone with their iPhone. You know, young guys get into pornography because guess what? Our, our human natures are fallen. And you're like, you give them pornography or an, a, a, a conduit to pornography, you're basically throwing gas on a fire, okay? They need to be taught to not do certain things and to deny their flesh, and to grow up and follow the Lord, and not do just what feels good. There's a lot of things that can feel good for kids. Shooting heroin, an eight-year-old could feel really good if he, or meth, and you know, and I said, that's ridiculous, that young, yeah. I mean, I smoked my first joint when I was, when I was in fourth grade, okay? 
And back in my day, though, when I was like, and then I wasn't smoking regularly yet, but that was the first time I smoked a joint. But when I was in, in seventh grade, I became a heavy pot smoker, okay? And I drive by, I drove by coming back some time ago uh, from Thousand Oaks, and, or yeah, Thousand Oaks area. I was coming down Royal Avenue in little Sinaloa school. All the kids were getting out. And they, and I'm like having to slow down, okay, be careful, this is 25 zone. They're little teeny boppers. I'm like, that's me back as a pothead. And I'm thinking, these kids now, what are they doing? I was at the back gate, you know, smoking pot, fighting all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I was just that little doing that stuff. What are they doing now? We have no idea the culture that the kids are into. It's a culture of death, you know, and it's sad. And we need to reach them and praise God for this fellowship and what the Lord's doing. And, and in the fellowships and the people that are plugged into the fellowship, because it's great to see what the Lord is doing. Not only uh, from older to younger people, we got a lot of young people that are on fire for Jesus here. Amen. And that's one reason is because we're discipling them in Jesus. We're showing them the truth, letting them know the difference between good and evil. Because God comes down on his priest more than once in the Old Testament because they didn't teach them the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane. And as parents, you need to teach your children the difference between that which is holy and that which is profane or evil. The word profane is the English word pro, prefix, fane, temple, outside the temple, outside of that which is pleasing to God. And we need to make sure we share the truth with our children. And I'm encouraging you right now, man, because uh, I've already shared with you that family's public enemy number one, Crowley said, right? And I proved to you guys a few weeks ago when we were in Romans 1 and 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy chapter 3 that the word astorge, right, which, which means no family love, is only used twice in the New Testament. It's used once in relation to those who become deviant sexually and then once in 2 Timothy of how the world will be in the last days. There'll be a deviant sexuality, which will be anti-family. And terrible times possibly will come in that context. We are here right now. Satan wants your children, your daughters, to be woke witches. He wants your sons to be pretend princesses. Okay? He wants your daughters to be woke witches. He wants your sons to be pretend witches or pretend princesses. No kidding, man. In fact, you know... There's a Twix commercial. I was talking about a couple different people. A brother actually sent this to me uh, on the phone. One of our live stream brothers uh, in Washington, uh, Michael Bacchus, great brother, sent this thing to me. And he said, man, I heard your deal on Halloween on the podcast. And I saw this right afterwards. Thought you'd be interested. Yeah, I checked it out. I'm like, whoa, this is a Twix commercial, okay? You wouldn't know it's about Twix if it wasn't for the first five seconds or whatever. It has nothing to do with Twix but it has everything to do with making your daughters woke witches and your sons pretend princesses. And then, by the way, it has a lot to do with eliminating any kids or any, even kids who would disagree with that kind of deal. It's all about the messaging, folks. This is not about Twix. It's about messaging and Satan using the airways to get the message out. Let's watch this commercial, this Twix commercial. Or I should say this commercial promoting woke witches and, witches and uh, pretend princesses. Twigs hats, bite size Halloween. Can we have more lights off? These lights off up, up here? Uh, Tony, get these lights up. Thanks, bro. It's a boy. A boy in a dress. Hi. I'm your new nanny. I don't need a nanny. And she breaks in the house. Watch. Well, your parents seem to think you do. What's your favorite color? Black. Other than black. Oh, um, charcoal. Why are you all dressed up? It's not Halloween yet. Can I help you? Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Do you want to find out? You buckled? I'm still wearing my princess dress. Do you want to wear it? Do you want, do what thou wilt? Do you want to wear it? Hey, you, princess, you look like a girl. Why are you wearing that? Dressing like this makes me feel good. Is that your nanny? She looks weird. You look weird, your nanny looks weird, you guys are both weird. No, we're just different. Boys don't wear dresses. 
Assaulting kids? The commercial? The cape falling out of the ground? We should go. So, you guys, yeah. do you think that is something that really glorifies the Lord at all? Or glorifies the devil in his kingdom? That's Twix commercial. I never liked Twix a lot anyway. It's like, I'm always like, why did I get Twix? I should have got a Butterfinger or Heath Bar, you know, or Payday or something like that. Reese's, right? But uh, never again, for me personally, will I ever eat Twix again, okay? And are they really, it was, if, you, if you're just watching that commercial, you wouldn't even know it's a Twix commercial unless you remember the first couple seconds. It's not, it's not about promoting Twix, guys. It's about the messaging is something altogether different, you know? Serious stuff. I've been warning, not because I'm anybody, but the word of God, amen, says this is coming. And there are, the Bible says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against pow the powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. The demonic entities are inspiring this type of wicked creativity. And kids are watching, they're like, oh, that's cool. You know, she goes, well, do you want to? And he goes, makes me feel good. You know, my grandkids would feel good eating ice cream all day long but it would, and candy, but it wouldn't be a blessing to them in the end. Poor kid, right? If he was a real guy, what, that's going to jack up his life. What's interesting is they recognize by the two little girls, right? And then the boy, that's unnatural. That kid's even, they're the most relatable people in the whole commercial, you know? And it's just really interesting to me when you, you look at it. It's a cringeworthy uh, commercial. And... Uh, I was, I'm, not, I'm not just saying that. I mean, hey, that's about glorifying woke witches and, and you know, your child, your little boy, thinking it's, 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 it's okay to wear dresses and stuff. And it just breaks. But what happened to tolerance, by the way? Right? What did she do with that kid? Just basically, she's coming back? Probably. Maybe, maybe not. Gone. You know? And, uh, and that's, by the way, if the woke crowd, so-called, had their way, we would all be eliminated. I've warned you before. I've warned you before. If people can butcher by little innocent babies, the most innocent people on the planet, by the millions, to the tune of about 65 million in our country alone, it's no problem for them to eliminate you and me because we are Christians and they don't like our convictions and they like to just... Make us go away. No, people aren't. Did you ever hear Nazi Germany? Okay. Some people are so wicked and they can get others to agree with them where they will eliminate you by the millions. And that's what the Bible says in the last days would happen. Read the book of Revelation. Read Matthew 24 where Jesus said, you'll be hated because of my namesake, amen. And they'll kill you. And he said, be, you know, fate, you know, he that endures the end will be saved. Lawless, and that's in the context of saying lawlessness will increase. And the love of many will grow cold. It's not about the family and love and what, anymore. Where's the parents? Maybe she got rid of them too, by the way. Do you notice that? Right. Well, they want to be your nanny. Well, she's a liar. We know that. And that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to move in your home. And it's like, well, I'm never letting my kids see that commercial, but you'll let them watch TV shows that are constantly pushing occult characters. Not good. I really encourage you, in the name of Jesus and the love of Christ, don't just let your kid watch anything. That's like playing Russian roulette with their soul. Amen? Now, I'm against Twix because it's not good for my body, you know, and it's not good for my soul either, I'm realizing. Anyway, for me, no, no more Twix. Okay, I haven't been sweets for a little while anyway, so it makes it easy. I have to admit that, but not my favorite candy bar. Anyway, uh, you guys. Our children are being basically taught by the world. They're being groomed, okay? And we need to be aware of this. Now, we're back to, you know, not just the commercials. And by the way, they said this isn't even Halloween, right? This lady just is a witch. And uh, it's interesting, the Satanist, the founder of the Church of Satan, uh, which was founded in 1966, and the, who wrote the Satanic Bible in 1969, we went down to the Church of Satan to visit it with our cameras when we were exposing Kinsey because we just were to happen to be in Frisco, but it was closed down by that time. But uh, Anton LaVey, by the way, has died since. But Anton LaVey, he wrote in the Satanic Bible that after one's own birthday, the two major Satanic holidays, he said, are May 1st and Halloween, okay? It's one of the two major Satanic holidays. 
The official website of the Church of Satan states on their fact page, quote, Halloween is a time when the masses, quote, reach down, this is the quote part, reach down inside and touch the darkness, which for us Satanists is a daily mode of existence. It goes on to say as they freely, quote, indulge their fantasies by donning costumes that allow for intense role-playing and the release of their demonic core, end quote. In the occult and in witchcraft, costumes, uh, and even in Jesus' day when he talked about the hypocrites, they were the actors that would seek to invoke spirits so they could be better actors by identifying with certain gods. And when you seek to identify with certain things uh, in the occult, you know, whether it's using masks or pictures or, or they call it sigil, it's sometimes using sigil magic. They'll use symbols or use characters. Um, I'm showing this with some of the top writers involved in Marvel and DC where they admit using sigil magic where they'll use characters and so forth and, uh, or encourage people to use characters to invoke spirits. I don't want to get much detail because I don't want to let everything out about that, but it's getting really close and the first one gets into some of that and it'll blow you away. You'll see the most popular act the last 10 years He's used that kind of magic in the Marvel movies. I'm giving too much away right now, but it's pretty crazy, okay? Uh, crazy stuff, okay? So when you're donning masks and so forth, and I'm not saying if your kid wears a mask that your kid's gonna get possessed, but I'm saying this is rooted in the occult, okay? But you're also playing with fire when you open yourself up to a demonic holiday, okay? Now, we're talking about Anton LaVey. Now, Anton LaVey, the author of the Satanic Bible, founder of Church of Satan, said this, I'm glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween, end quote. You got that? Anton LaVey, head of the church of Satan, started church of Satan. I am glad that Christian parents let their children worship the devil at least one night out of the year. Welcome to Halloween. Not, not for me, man. Not for my kids. And thankfully, uh, you know, uh, hopefully many of you are, now, for some of you, are like, I had no idea this is what Halloween was all about, you know? Uh, well, just, you need to, you're accountable for the information we have, but don't look at it as a bad thing. Look at it as a good thing, because Jesus said you'll know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free, amen? What about uh, dressing up? Well, this is the History Channel, another secular source, uh, article called How Trick or Treating Became a Halloween Tradition. Quote, trick or treating, setting off on Halloween night in costume and ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than a century, okay? Its origins remain murky, but traces can be identified in ancient Celtic festivals. Well, traces can be identified, and it happens to be the same day. Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, that's right. During some Celtic celebrations of Samhain, Villagers disguise themselves in costumes made of animal skins to drive away phantom visitors. A banquet table was pre were prepared for food uh, was left out to placate unwelcome spirits. So on some hands, they tried to make the, they'd give them a treat. Here's a nice treat. Demons don't hurt us, right? Evil spirits don't hurt us. Bad dead people don't hurt us that have come back for the dead, supposedly, right? And they would, well, <laughs> they would dress up, Okay. Uh, now, it's interesting. Why would they dress up? The idea was to try to frighten away two different ideas. One idea that's presented is it was so they're disguised. People don't, the demons can't see them. The entities can't see them. Another was to be terrifying so you look like another demonic entity, maybe f cause that one to be afraid of you. Demons are a lot smarter than us, folks. Okay. Uh, what about us wearing these, you know, demonic type costumes and stuff? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 22 says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Amen? Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, what if I want to dress my child up just like Casper the ghost, a nice ghost? The Bible says, Satan comes in angel light. There aren't nice spirits, okay? There's evil spirits. The good spirit the Bible talks about is the Holy Spirit, amen? Okay? And why participate in a occult, satanic holiday? Okay, if there is a, a big party where they're celebrating, you know, darkness, I don't care what, I, I wouldn't dress my kids up in anything to go to it. Why would I? And do I fear the world or do I feel that insecure where I want my children to be part of the world so much? Why do we want our children to be part of the world so much? I don't get it. 
Well, I want them to be accepted by the world. No, you want to make sure they're accepted by the Lord, okay? If the world rejects them because they won't dress up like something, then you've got a problem because that means you're dealing with evil people that they, if they don't accept you if you don't dress up like they want you to dress up. Paul said, if I was a servant of man, I would not be a servant of God. Amen? So it's interesting. Now, I do say, and I mentioned this in our podcast, I do personally dress up on Halloween Day, okay? I got to be honest. I'm being a hypocrite. No, I'm not. Listen to me. Hear me out. I dress up every day the best I can. You know what costume I put on? But it's not an outer costume. It's about my heart. It's what I put on in my heart. Paul says in Romans 13, 12, the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put on, put, let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Amen. That's, that's what I put on, man. I put on the armor of light. The Bible says, put off the old man and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Bible says, be strong, Lord, in the power of his might. And the Bible says, put on the full armor of God. Amen. So I try to put on Jesus. And when you're talking to your kids about Halloween, say, you know what we're supposed to put on? We're supposed to put on Jesus. He's more powerful than all the demons and all the evil spirits that people celebrate, whether they know they're celebrating them or not. Okay? You don't have to know even what you're doing but you're participating in darkness when you celebrate Halloween. What about trick-or-treating? Well, the Merriam-Webster's website states under trick-or-treat, uh, which I read uh, this is a few days ago and you incorporated in uh, uh, this message for you. Samhain marked the end of summer and the onset of winter and occurred on a date that corresponds on November 1st. It was believed that during the Samhain festival, the world of the gods was visible to humans and the gods took advantage of this fact. So it wasn't just dead, it was their gods. Uh, in fact, by playing tricks on their mortal worshipers. Those worshipers, in turn, responded with bonfires on hilltops and sometimes masks and other varied disguises to keep ghosts from being able to recognize them. Things tended to get spooky and dangerous around Samhain with bloody sacrifices. You catch that? With bloody sacrifices. It has roots in Satanism, guys. And, uh, and supernatural phenomena abounding not quite the neighborhood haunted house, but maybe there's the faintest of echoes there. So this is Webster's uh, under trick or treat, a, a history. And the idea was, hey, you know, if we give them enough food, which by the way, you're, you're farming back thousands of years ago, that's, that's costly. You know, getting rid of food for spirits and letting it rot and thinking, well, I better leave it, not touch it, not take it back from the spirits. That could, you could lose a family member that way. Okay, food-wise, it was very, very scarce at times. And that's how seriously they took this. And it's very interesting to me is that you give them a, you give them a treat so they don't play a what? A trick. And for them, a trick wasn't just what? You know, breaking your fence down or whatever happens sometimes, you know. A, 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 a trick would be disease, death, accidents caused by these spirits or what have you in the minds of those, these people. So they worshiped these spirit entities, which sometimes they regarded them as gods, sometimes as the dead, sometimes as just, you know, demonic type entities. So the History Channel article uh, on how trick or treat became a Halloween tradition says Halloween has its roots in ancient pre-Christian Celtic festival of Samhain. And it says, which was celebrated uh, on the night of October 31st, the Celts who lived 2,000 years ago in the area and now, that is now Ireland, the United Kingdom, and northern France believed that the dead returned to the earth on Samhain. On the sacred night, people gathered to light bonfires, offer sacrifices, and pay homage to the dead. Banquet tables were prepared and edible offerings were, out to, were set out to placate unwelcome spirits. So when you're saying trick or treat, you're basically following that tradition. That grieves the Lord, I believe. Grieves my heart just to think of it. Now, uh, trick-or-treating came out of what was once a worship system and it's still a worship system today, practiced very seriously by others. So just like I wouldn't want to play orgy and just say it's not, I'm not serious about it, I wouldn't want to play Halloween. You understand? Because it grieves the Lord God. Now, What about carving pumpkins? Okay. Well, now that history is a little murky, but according to Funk and Wagnall's new encyclopedia entry on Halloween, 
the concept of ghost witches is still common to all Halloween observances, and it goes on to say, of similar origin is the use of hallowed out pumpkins carved to resemble grotesque faces and lit by candles placed inside. So the thought there was, uh, the idea was, is by carving these grotesque pumpkins and lighting them up, you, you could use that as not just cover your own face, but you can make it look like you got demons protecting your house, you know, and to scare them away. Do we want to cut out, make these evil, you know, depictions? Some of you are like, man, I wish this was two weeks earlier. Man, I got my pumpkin out there. Do not invite Pastor Joe over. We got to get rid of our pumpkin, you know. I'm not condemning you for ignorance, you know. And what you do with this knowledge will be ultimately between you and God. But I want to encourage you to make decisions that please the Lord. According to Ephesians 5, when it says, have no fellowship with the fruitless works of darkness, but rather expose them, right? The verse before that says we're supposed to seek that which is pleasing to God. When I'm in doubt, I cast it out. And to me, I'm not even in doubt here. To me, this is something that my family never had any part of. Once I became a Christian, I haven't had part of it. And I loved Halloween, man. It's like, well, you just never liked Halloween. Are you kidding? I loved Halloween, man. Before I was a Christian, visit cemetery. Before I was a Christian, you know, I think my last costume was just my face was white. I made it all white, and then I made these two black tears come down, you know. And it was just my own idea, just sadness, you know. I was probably a sad, I was a sad kid, I was, before I knew Jesus. You know, I have the joy of the Lord. And I want to glorify my Father in heaven and his Son who redeemed me with his blood. And I want, we want to show him love and give him the honor that's due his name. And on a day when there's such great darkness, what an awesome opportunity to shine the light of Christ. Amen? What are we waiting for? So uh, the idea is that the, in the Celtic pagans, they didn't really have, you know, a bunch of pumpkins laying around. They had a bunch of, you know, rooted, they have turnips and stuff. So they'd hollow out turnips, put faces on them. But the idea was that when they came to the United States and the Americas, uh, there weren't as many t- turnips were not, didn't grow quite as easily as pumpkins and they weren't as plentiful. So they just switched to pumpkins. So, uh, should Christians participate in the holiday? Let me just read some scriptures to you and may the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Jeremiah 10, 2. Thus says the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heavens are dismayed, uh, uh, for the heathen are dismayed at them. Isn't that interesting? Listen to the NLT's translation. This is what the Lord says. Do not act like the other nations who try to read their future in the stars. Do not be afraid of their predictions, even though other nations are terrified by them. Well, guess what was happening in Celtic Ireland, you know? They feared these entities, and they made predictions, you know, and so forth, and they tried to appease them. We're not supposed to have any part of that. We're not supposed to participate in that. Are you with me today? I only heard one person, I think. No, I'm kidding. Are you all with me today? Praise the Lord. Now, uh, they were fearful of these spirits, and there was a day of, uh, this this kind of stuff's talked about throughout the Bible. It's warned about over and over again. Now, Deuteronomy 18, 9 through 12, listen to this. When you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, child sacrifice, which the Druids were doing. Uh, Satanists have done that in the past. It's a known fact. One who, Crowley actually boasted of killing all kinds of kids. Uh, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, or one who interprets omens. It's all the stuff that's happened on Halloween in ancient times and many of these things today. Or a sorcerer, one who casts a spell, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For, for whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. And because of these detestable things, the Lord your God will drive them out before you. You shall be blameless before the Lord your God. For those nations which you shall dispossess, uh, for those nations which you shall dispossess, listen to those who practice witchcraft and the diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do so. And then you read what happens. They started getting into the cult themselves. And then God uses the term in the King James, vomited them from the land. They were uprooted from their homeland, often separated from their, their, their other family members and what have you. Read about that in 2 Kings 7, 17, verse 7 and 8. As this happened because the people of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And they worshiped other gods and walked in the customs of the nations. See, they adopted those customs. God doesn't want you to adopt their customs. Amen? 
Some people get upset and walk out on this message because they love Halloween. Just, just kidding, guys. They don't. <laughs> I, I <laughs> love you guys. Got to return my costume. Okay, his heart's in the right place. I wouldn't say that to spell to anybody. Those guys love Jesus. And I know where they're at. Okay. <laughs> Amos 5.14, the Lord tells Israel, seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you. And that's just an awesome promise, okay? So uh, we just don't want to accept these things, God, guys. And I mentioned 1 Thessalonians 5.22, abstain from all appearance of evil. Let's, 3 John, verse 11, just one chapter, verse 11, says, Beloved, do not imitate. Beloved, do not imitate. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Amen? We're not supposed to imitate these things. We're not supposed to adopt the practices of the pagans. In fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 and following, it says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Amen? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate says the Lord, touch no unclean thing and I will receive you. By the way, it's conditional upon whether we come out of the world and reject that which is darkness as to whether he'll accept us as sons and daughters. Did you catch that? That's pretty heavy. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 20 through 22, it shows you that by getting involved in occult practices, you end up fellowshipping with demons. And Paul is warning Corinthians who aren't purposely doing that. But he's warning them that if they open themselves up to an idolatrous system, even though they think it's, it's cool, it's no problem, that they're opening themselves up to demonic entities. And he says this, No, but I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. Now the Gentiles thought they were sacrificing to ancestors, to Greek gods, Roman gods. No, Paul says these are demons. That's what's behind this whole thing. The rulers of the darkness of this world. And I do not want you to become sharers of demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord, uh, the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Or do you provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he is, are we? Brothers and sisters, I know, you know, especially with our large live stream audience and a ton of people, ton of people listen to us and, and watch our stuff. And In fact, I, I'm always blown away. I, I, I wasn't planned that way. I just served Jesus. And I have loved the fact that God surrounded me with a lot of tech people and so forth. Say, man, we got to get this message out. From the first time, 35, almost 40 years ago, when I was doing They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. And I'm just showing people covers and stuff. And people in the back are like squinting their eyes and stuff. And somebody comes up, hey, why don't I, I'm a camera guy. Why don't I turn those into slides? Thank you. From that day onward. And I'm like, listen, God has just given us such a platform. In fact, I went to two football games over the weekend. A football game for my uh, nephew, Luke. Okay, and, uh, and which was fun, and we just hung out and stuff over there at Oak, uh, Oak uh, Park where Kathy uh, teaches. And, uh, and then I went in the morning, I had a couple of my boys playing football here in Simi Valley at Royal High School. And there I'm sitting there, and a few guys away from me, a guy's like, hey, just want to let you know, I've been listening to your podcast for, some, for a few years now, a couple years or a few years, whatever it sounded like. I'm like, oh, praise God, man. It's nice to, nice to hear, boom. Then I'm at the next game the following morning, and a guy in a maintenance uh, truck but named Bob, he's like, hey, and he's waving me over. He goes, hey, I just want to let you know, I've been listening to your messages for a long time. They really blessed me, you know? I'm like, praise the Lord, you know? And I'm just like, wow, you know? And that's just running to people. And a lot of people just hear, they don't know what we look like or what have you. But it's just awesome that God's getting the word out. The enemy's getting his word out, but God's getting his truth out. And we're just one church and one, but praise God, we're touching millions of people, okay? And it's like, well, Lord, I had no idea that you were going to do this. It's an awesome thing. So the Bible says the word of God will not be held bound, amen? And we, and we all need to work together. So I want to thank you and people that are involved in our podcast family, and people that get the truth out. Because I'm like, people must just be sharing with everybody because we don't have this huge, we don't have this big advertising campaign. It's just people sharing with people through the years that say, you got to check this out. And so even though some people get turned off by the truth, because those who love darkness, it says hate the light, there's people that love truth, and I praise God for that. And we also have to be careful, because the Bible says, the Bible says woe to those who uh, call good evil and evil good, and put light for darkness and darkness for light. Amen? And the Bible says whatever you do, whether you, it says whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Amen? And it says do not cause anyone to stumble. You know what? You get a kid into a little bit of darkness, it can give him a taste for greater darkness. And you can be the cause of them stumbling. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, but whoever caused one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone hung around his neck and drown in the depths of the sea. 
okay? That's serious stuff. You don't want to cause children to stumble. You don't want to act like darkness is not really dark. Or you don't want to candy coat it and act like it's not that big of a deal. I pray to the Father in the name of Jesus that he gives you stronger hatred for evil. The Bible commands us to hate evil over and over again. That's one thing you can hate is evil. Amen? Amen. So we have this awesome God and uh, there are great alternatives uh, that scriptures say in Colossians 1, 13 and 14 of what Jesus overcame Satan and death. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. And it says, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Acts 26, 18, Paul said from, that he was delivered, quote, from darkness to light, from the dominion of Satan to God. These are real realms, man. And you either believe to belong to God or you belong to Satan. Jesus said, he that's not with me is what? Against me. You're the former against him. You either know Jesus or there's no neutral ground, you know. There's no gray area that you can walk and be separate from God and Satan. You're in one kingdom or the other. That's why if you're in the wrong kingdom, your life is going to be over pretty soon and you'll be separated from God forever. So you make sure that you are right with God. You know, we had a, a gal who, uh, which I thought was really cool, uh, she read one of our articles on Halloween and she wrote, my husband and I are born again Christians, but he is much more lenient about certain things. I totally agree that Halloween is Satan's holiday, but my husband thinks I'm being too legalistic about this. My question is, uh, we do not celebrate Halloween ourselves, but we do buy candy to give out. Every year, I put candy with a track designed especially for kids in their children's bags. I, I'm torn because I think it is a great opportunity to share the gospel with uh, so many families. I would like to know some of your thoughts about this. Now, I don't know who wrote this response. Hi, Tracy. Uh, and, but, you know, it's, she's, it's trying to be very encouraging. We know many people who hand out tracks on Halloween as well. In fact, we have a really cool track on Halloween out there. And you can grab those tracks and pass them out. Amen. What a great opportunity to share the gospel with people who are quite literally coming right uh, to your door. God looks at the heart, and it seems that your heart is to share God's gift of redemption to the lost. Praise the Lord. That could have been uh, Steve. could have been Tony. could have been Chad. could have been myself. I don't know. But I do know this. is As far as candy and tracks, I might probably withhold the candy. I just want to witness. But, but then, hey, if you get to read the track and you're not celebrating the holiday, you're no, I'm just trying to get to read the track. That's between you and God. He sees your heart. So I don't, you know. Uh, but I praise God, if somebody gave my kid a track and they turned to Jesus because of it, I'd be so happy, amen? You know? Just, if, if you're going to use a piece of candy, you say, I'm just getting them to read the track, anything but Twix if you do do that, you know? Okay? Amen? Can we all stand?